Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. Hello. Now that I see your wine, I'm really sad about my seltzer. Oh, it's not too late. It's <laughs> really close to five o'clock and I'm in vacation mode. I love this journey for you. I love this room. Is that like a minty color in this paint um, situation? Or is it, it is. Just- it is the white, you know, the white that you choose matters so much. And I love a green gray. Same. Yeah, I'm in the basement here, locked in the basement. There are currently, I mean, 22 people or something <laughs> between wow. four families, my sibling, two brothers and sister and I at my brother's house. So the kids are all at a, the their camp that they really love and we're just living it up. That's the co-parenting scenario of our dreams. It is. It, it really is. I mean, you know, things get chaotic, but you just have to accept that. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like it takes a couple of days to really like remember what true chaos is like. And then it's great. Is it Tuesday? Is it September? Who knows? Yeah. And that's why I would make a great commune leader. <laughs> anyway, what are you juggling this week? Uh, I'm juggling a lot of things. Today was our second to last day of school. Not me counting down the seconds. Um, so that is really the forefront of my juggle. I bought champagne for all the teachers. I bought champagne for myself. I am ready to pop some bottles and just like throw, shoot them around outside the window <laughs> and in the air. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the mode I'm in. Um, Travis Stevers here right now. Key and Claudio are working on some jam. So you may hear them like in the other, the other room. And I'm doing some really, oh, I'm about to tell you. I am working on copy for the back of the poetry book and I hate it. Yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. The worst part about writing a book of any kind for me anyway, is I don't know if that's something like, does your editor? I, well, what happened was I didn't know how it was going to operate. And then he was like, you got to write it and then send it to me. And so I wrote it out and, but after reading, I pulled like every single book off my shelf that I ever liked, you know, like modern, you know, book of the last five years. Cause that stuff changes too. You know, it's like, you can't pull off a Dickens novel and like read (laughs) how to summarize it. And then, so after a day of research, I was, I went to on a, like a wine trip with my friends in Sonoma, which sounds like very fancy. And I was just talking about it the whole time. I'm sure they were like, oh my God, but I needed help. And actually while we were there, one of my friends helped, like, she was like, well, what about this? And it's what's on the book. She came up with like this perfect line that like kind of tied it all together. I love that. Yes. Crowdsourcing that kind of stuff (laughs) is really important. I do the same thing. I literally have 16 poetry books stacked up in there. And here's the thing too, it's challenging because it's my first poetry book. So I don't have like accolades or any sort of credentials to share. 
You could get, I'll write um, you something. I don't <laughs> yeah. have a poetry book out, but you know, Please, you can find Can you write people. me a blurb? Write me a blurb? Yeah, I'll write um, you a blurb. Oh my gosh. Yes. I was going to ask you off the air, but now I'm asking you right here and I'm, <laughs> I don't care. Um, so yeah. So stuff like that, you know, I have like, uh, I have obviously like books that I've written that I'm going to list in the bio, but I, yeah, my biggest thing is I don't like, I don't like like selling myself. Oh, I've gotten used to it. So yeah, it's yeah. like really, even in my bio, sometimes I'm like, like, I don't, ugh. I just like to be like, I, Chandra is a writer who lives in New York. Like that's the whole thing. Cause it makes me very uncomfortable. I mean, I've seen some that are just like that. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm landing, but, um, but I'm almost there. I think I'm like very close to the copy, short, sweet, emotional, whatever. We're going to find out. <laughs> but then I did mm-hmm. full copy edits today. Uh, line edits and it feels very real feels very very real I imagine that I speak for a lot of people listening that I cannot wait to hold it and to see the beautiful art and read every beautiful poem very excited thank you I'm really excited as well and you know the designer that we are working with he's also doing some illustrations to like just kind of seal everything together and they're really beautiful and it's kind of a nice surprise because I just anticipated having the art that we have um and now this is it's becoming very much like a um I don't know like a collective in a weird way so I really like that yeah so that's that and then getting ready because we leave for Florida on Thursday it's so exciting and I'm going to be there one day I'm so devastated (laughs) I can't even talk about it I planned fully on changing my flight and then we have a beer thing. We're doing exactly. a six point brewery release. So that's really exciting though. Uh, what kind of beer is it? Have you, it, I don't know. It's going to be an IPA. I believe Claudio's tasted it. I have not, but I think I have a whole episode dedicated to how much I love their resin beer. Oh, you do. <laughs> I didn't realize that was them. Okay. So it's uh yeah. So it's definitely likely going to get the seal of approval. Um, <laughs> That's really fun. Uh, Taking Back Sunday has done stuff like that. And then we have like cases of beer at home. Like win-win. It's the best. I love the, like, I love the labeling. I think mm-hmm. can art is very cool. I impulse bought can of root beer today. <laughs> there's a really cool coffee shop in Washington, D.C. I mean, there's a lot, but one of them is called Caldi and it's Ethiopian, Ethiopian coffee. And I just wanted to pick up coffee for everyone, my brothers and sisters-in-laws and um, Adam needs like, he's like you, you know, the giantest cup of coffee. And it was just sitting there in the display case. Now I can't even remember the name of the repair company, but it's like this beautiful 70s style logo with like the big can. And I don't love soda. I don't drink soda at all on a regular basis, but repair is my favorite. And I just impulse bought a couple of those babies brought them home. Root beer feels healthy for some reason. <laughs> it does. I think Sarsaparilla. because it's made of root. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this one is like is organic or whatever. So it actually has like five ingredients and one of them really is like sarsaparilla. So nothing great about summer except the beverage selection. Absolutely. Hi. Hello. Hi. Oh my goodness. You guys can hear me okay? Beautiful. Okay, good. Are you ready? Are we ready for this? We're ready. 
Priscilla Vento is the founder and CEO of 30 Miles North Public Relations, 30MN. 30MN is a Los Angeles-based public relations agency specializing in the intersections of emerging technology and business, finance, entertainment, and cannabis industry communications. Priscilla's public relations experience also spans music and arts, representing artists including Doja Cat, Dave Navarro, Bernie Topin, Charlie Bernante, and Draven Bennington. She has worked with nonprofits, including Adopt the Arts, Girls in Tech, and she sits on the board of directors at Rock to Recover. Her mission is to keep it fresh, creative, and thoughtful in work, play, and everyday life. Thanks for being here, Priscilla. We're so excited. I'm super stoked to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Let's start off with what are you juggling this week? Oh my goodness. Okay. A couple things. So on the non-professional note, we are packing to go to Mike's family's Lake House for 4th of July. And he has a, you know, he has three brothers and sisters and, you know, nieces and nephews. And they only have so much room in this lake house that Mike and I get to sleep in my tent outside of the patio. So, you know, thank goodness. I love to camp. And I, you know, when we met, I had my entire camp set up my tent and everything that goes along with it. So every time we do this trip, I, uh, I get to set up the tent out and we get to sleep out there. I sleep, we sleep very well in this tent. So I am not, I'm not bummed out about it one bit. It's going to be fun. So doing inventory of all my camping supplies. Um, I love like preparing for these trips, whether it's snowboarding or going on a surf trip, whatever it may be. So I'll do my little inventory and lay everything out. We have our checklists. Um, On the professional end of things, I'm onboarding some new clients. Um, On the tech end of things, um, I started working with uh, a VC firm called Mucker Capital. They're based here in Los Angeles and New York and have a few other offices, which is awesome. Um, so I'll be working with them and their portfolio clients. This morning, I actually had an interesting call with Jay Baumgartner's company called Muso AI. Um, they're not a client yet. It was a, uh, it was kind of like one of those, let's see if you're a good fit calls, um, which was amazing. So his, his platform, they use uh, artificial intelligence to go and essentially scrub like credits for musicians. So it's a wonderful intersection of technology and music, which has become my kind of sweet spot in in life. You know, it wasn't like that all the time. I, you know, I started 30 Miles North in 2008. I was 27 years old and and I actually started in fashion and then learned that I just love tech so much that I just wanted to immerse myself in the tech world. And so that I started taking on tech clients and then I started working with Rock to Recovery almost 10 years ago, which I'm unfortunately no longer on their board. I just, I had to step away because I got really busy and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to not provide a hundred percent. Right. So, uh, but I was with them forever until this last year, but that working with Rock to Recovery kind of opened my realm up within the music world, I should say. And it kind of happened very slowly and organically. You know, I asked Wes many years ago to take a chance on me. I'm like, I know that I don't do music PR, but I just love music. I love anything with guitars. Like my dad plays 
the guitar and I grew up listening to him and he was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And so that just kind of parlayed itself into where I stand today, which is working in the intersections um, of emerging tech and music when I can. So this uh, meeting this morning, fingers crossed that I'll get the account. Yeah, your list of clients is amazing. And we will link your website and put the whole bio with all those amazing clients. I do want to backtrack for a second. Sure. Because you said they scrub the credits. Is that what? I don't know words sometimes. I don't... <laughs> yeah, don't don't take me. For... So they'll go, you know, and I it's super early. Like I just got introduced to this client late last week and then we hopped on the on the call. So I haven't done my due diligence. So don't take this, you know, for Bible, but what I understand from it is they use AI technology to find um, people that are that should be and that are credited to different music because sometimes DSPs miss it. And if that happens and you don't get paid and there there are a lot of differentiating factors that we talked about early this morning as far as what makes them different from other similar platforms. But as far as I know, there's no one else doing it. So um, I mean, that's incredible. Really interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, if six, if six months from now you hear a lot more about the company, then that means I've done a good job and yeah. that they hired <laughs> me. So we'll see. I have to connect to you. I have a, a friend, Jessica Naziri. I don't know if you are familiar with her at all, but she's an on-air for KCAL News. She does tech. I know her. I mean, yes. So we've crossed paths in the past. Awesome. Teach me about digital wallets. Like explain things to me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Those are always the best women to surround yourself with. Like those women that'll teach you about the next new shit. I love it. Yeah. Jessica's great. Um, Yeah. The whole crypto space I've worked in crypto and it was my first crypto client was in 2017. Um, And that's also, so that was kind of a little bit of the beginning of me, like outwardly offering the whole music and tech. Um, I got asked to do an NFT drop for um, a project that Dave Navarro was working on. So I got to work with him. And then that also parlayed itself into like, well, you do tech or you do PR in these avenues. Do you think you could do an art opening? I'm like, sure. uh, Why not? (laughs) Of course I can. Like, so it just now I, you know, step into that world just a little bit if, the artist is right and if the artist has a background in music then mm-hmm. uh, you know i would i'll take on those clients as well yeah amazing very cool um i feel like i loved your whole list of interesting facts that you sent us and i just like wanted to read those along with your bio <laughs> but i was really intrigued by your um that you're like state setup scenario and you know and how you kind of like set it up to like do activities instead and you can talk about that if you want but we I was also interested in what other you know what something listeners would be surprised to hear about your life what people would be surprised to hear about my life well I'm a pool playing skateboarding vegan (laughs) with with an insane supplement stack that's kind of like what really makes me me, I guess. I really love shooting pool guys. You know, we all have such busy lives and that is my happy spot. It was our first date. Like when I met Mike, I was like, you know what? Fuck going to dinner. Like, I don't want to do the normal shit. I want to go do what I want to do. And I had never, I was single for such a long time and I had never 
you know, you date around or whatever. And I never really asked a guy, Hey, do you want to go shoot pool and skateboard? But when he came across, I was like, I'm going to ask this guy if he wants to go shoot pool and skateboard with me in Venice, you know, like I showed up in overalls and vans ready to go. And we shot pool at the brig, which was one of my stomping grounds for years. And we went on a skateboard down up and down Santa Monica and Venice. It was so awesome. The only thing that kind of messed it up for me was, and I admitted it to him later on in the date, I had crazy vertigo. So I was like trying to skateboard with vertigo and it was just like, I was so slow and I'm like, I promise I can haul ass on the skateboard. And it was just like, I'm like all slow. I'm like, wait for me. Um, But I had crazy vertigo because at the time I lived in Malibu, like literally on the water uh, with the ocean, like sweeping underneath the building there, which sounds super fabulous, but I'll tell you, it's not. Um, you know, it's, it's like one of those things you're like sandwiched between the ocean and the freeway or the, the one, the PTH there. And the building was kind of like doing one of these where my living room was falling this way in the back of the apartment where my bedroom was doing one of these things. And I think that and the moisture and the fact that I may have been sleeping on this weird slant, chronic vertigo all the time. So it's like completely debilitating. Yeah, it really, it really is. And sure enough, as soon as I moved out, I was totally fine. (laughs) But yeah, those are some things that people might not know about me is I'm vegan. I cook dinner almost every night, which I'm sure everybody else does. But, you know, being vegan, it's, you don't have all the options out there. So I do cook almost every single night. Did you like learn to play pool when you were a kid from somebody or like, where did it, where did it come from? Well, my grandfather, my dad's dad is a championship pool shark. Um, and the funny story, mm. like I didn't realize you're going to, I'm so happy you asked me this question. <laughs> so I, my first introduction to pool, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but I grew up in a really small farm town and there was one bar called the Mr. And Mrs. And they had a pool table. And my dad and my grandfather would go and shoot pool there with all the other men. And one night, I think my mom was like, I'm going to go out. You need to take Rosella with you. And I was probably all of like five or six. And it's a small farm <laughs> town. So my dad and my grandpa took me to the to the Mr. and Mrs. And <laughs> my grandpa taught me how to like hold the cue. And I remember him like showing me how to do it. And, you know, I was like this little girl, like at this pool table with you know it was a bar (laughs) like learning how to shoot pool and then um I didn't get really into it until I moved to Venice you know I lived the Ocean Park area of Venice for years and you know I would skate to all the local places to shoot pool like the townhouse and the bridge shout out to those two places because they've always supported my habits of shooting pool and (laughs) were so good to me and not kicking me out all the time when I'd get into ruffles with the other the other people there but um so yeah that's uh I I really like honed in on the skill uh when I moved to Venice and lived there for like a decade like I would literally go out and play like four nights a week so I would like run 30 miles north and then I would go shoot pool at night and that was like my life forever I feel like it's one of those things that doesn't really just happen. You have to like have it come from somewhere. 
months exposure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my definitely my grandpa. And then as an adult, it was always fun to like go shoot pool with my dad. So now we'll go to bars and we sh we'll shoot pool. And the first time that my dad and Mike met, thank goodness he shot, you know, he's in a band and tours and shoots pool. Like he he's good. Uh, <laughs> they played like they met. We met at a bar in Bakersfield because I'm from that area. And so we met at a bar in Bakersfield and him and, you know, my dad got to shoot pool for the first time they ever met. And this was, of course, like months and months and months after we started dating because I was like, I'm not going to introduce you to the folks until I know that you're not a weirdo. Well, he is a weirdo, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, this is your own brand of weirdo. That's the yes. important part. Um, that's awesome. Well, I think I feel like we got some, obviously, some background. Bakersfield, you know, yeah. shooting pools, skating, Venice Beach. You've jumped around a lot. You've lived a lot of lives, and I'm interested to sort of like find out how you wound up in the tech sector, in you know, in crypto and all these things. And maybe a jumping off point is giving us some things you're proud of, uh, past, present, and future, and kind of how those things led you to where you are. You're really good at this interview thing, you know that? Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's see, I, I am extremely, and it's taken years for me to actually like admit to this because everybody's like, you should be proud of this. But yeah, I am extremely proud that I've been my own boss since 27. You know, in, in 2008, when there was a recession and um, prior to that, I, I worked in-house PR for a fashion company and they moved and I just, I didn't want to travel to where they were moving to and it was just a far drive. And I had all these vendors asking me if I could do PR on the side because people weren't shopping anymore. And um, that kind of led me to start my own thing. So I'm very proud that I've had this little agency of mine for so long and that I started it so young and it's still hanging in there. Um, and what I'm presently proud of is I, I invited you, but I am just beyond happy that I was considered to work with Bernie Taupin for the opening of Reflections at Choice Contemporary here in Brentwood. Um, and like I had mentioned before, I don't do our openings very often at all. And I kind of got like thrown into it from working with other musicians and artists in the whole NFT world, because NFT and art go hand in hand, especially when they were, you know, at the high point of uh, popularity and uh, a few years ago. So, you know, when I got asked to do this, I was, I was just like, wow, I, I can't believe that I'm about to work with with this prolific, you know, lyricist. And for those that don't know, he's uh, Elton John's lyricist for forever, for 50 years. And so this is the first time that he's created, created fine art that tells the story of his time with uh, Elton John. So, you know, it's a, just a very special uh, group of, uh, of artwork that he's created. And I'm just so honored to be the person to help with the PR backing for, for that, you know, I'm, I, it's still ongoing for the next few weeks. And so we did, we had a very successful art opening. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm presently proud of. And in the future to be real, I'm like so proud that in the future I will be marrying Mike. And I, I feel like there's 
something about like, you know, getting if people that get married in the twenties, awesome. People that get married in their thirties, awesome. But like when you're in your early forties and you finally found your person, it's like, you fucking know without a shadow of a doubt. I think it just hits a little bit different. And, you know, my family knows that I just have never settled uh, I've always focused on work and I never had like the typical twenties where you go to bar, you know, you go to clubs and you go to bars. Like my early twenties, I was working all the time. I didn't go out like clubbing until I was probably like 26. Prior to that, I didn't really drink. I didn't do any of that. I was working a lot. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm presently proud of. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. And that actually ties, you know, kind of directly into one of the questions that we ask everyone. And I'm really excited to hear what kind of advice you have for other band spouses out there, you know, partners, whether it's tips, tricks, psychological encouragement. I know you said um, Mike and your dad met and played pool. I mean, I was wondering how long you've been together too. And then, you know, kind of what you've learned through that time. So We'll be celebrating our four-year anniversary, July 25th. We had met each other prior, but weren't really to get, like, mm. we weren't really, like, official or anything. I kind of, I honestly, when, when I first met him, I, I kind of, I was this close to friend zoning him. And I remember <laughs> telling my mom, like, I don't know what's up with this guy. Like, I think I'm just going to be his homie because, you know, we just kind of took it slow. And, you know, he, we met, we went on a couple dates. He left on tour and went to Japan and Australia and all that. And so we were doing the whole like, you know, video FaceTime kind of a thing. And then he was like, well, will you come to my two shows? I'm, you know, I'm going to have two shows back in LA. When we come back, it'll be like our last two shows. We'll hit up LA and like Orange County and then go to um, Vegas and then I'm all yours. And I'm like, great. So I consider July 25th our anniversary, four years. So that's coming up. And then, sorry, what was the second half of the question? I guess what you've learned, you know, advice and oh, and tri- tricks and that's, tips. That's right. So what ended up happening is they had all these tours and shows scheduled. And then COVID happened and Anastasia ended up getting skin cancer. And so they had to cancel a lot. So I actually just experienced my first tour with Devil Driver and Mike just a few months ago. And so I, I had him at home all the time until recently. And here's the thing. And I, I knew you were going to ask this question. And I've actually thought about this before when he left. And I kind of had to check myself because I had him home for so long. And I wasn't used to him leaving for weeks at a time. We have the dog and everything that I literally just one night just like checked myself. I was like missing him. And I'm like, you know what? You have a sister my older sister, Connie, um, she married a man in the Air Force when they were 18. And he served, I believe, almost 35 years. And he was gone. She raised three kids with Mike. His name is Mike also. With Mike leaving, um, he'd get deployed. Leaving her at home by herself to raise her kids for sometimes six to nine months at a time. So I'm like, you know what? You don't have any room to complain. You know, you have these military families that they're 
spouses leave for months and months and months and you don't know what they're doing, where they're at, are, are they hurt? Are they going to get killed? Like you just don't know. And so that really puts things into perspective that, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that when my man leaves, he's going to entertain and do what he loves. And I'm, you know, it makes me just think like I, so as soon as I started thinking about that, it completely changed my mind and my perspective. And I, I just, I got headstrong about it and was like, I, I feel for the families out there. And I always have, I've always had that place in my heart. That's one of the reasons why I loved working with Rock to Recovery. They support wounded warriors, you know, and I've been vocal about my support for military families. And I just really feel like people live their lives and they don't even give two thoughts about how we get to keep our freedom, you know, and it's all the, it's, it's not just the people that are actually serving. It's their families too. You know, it's the wives and the husbands and the kids that have to move around and be away from their loved ones for a really long time. So that's, that's the advice that I give is like, put it in perspective. I know it could be hard and I've only experienced it for, you know, three or no help, like almost four weeks, which isn't a long time at all. So I feel like my advice can only be taken with a grain of salt, but I, you know, put it in perspective. Yeah, that's very good advice. It's very good advice, you know, kind of thinking about what other people are going through. But at the same time, you mentioned they're also in entertainment. And so it is like a job that people like would, you know, really love to have. It's a job that is like, we feel that, you know, our husbands are, you know, lucky in some sense to have. And so there's a lot of perspective to apply for sure. Yeah. And you know, they're very likely coming home. Yeah. It must be so scary to like send somebody out in that way and just be like, well, I, you know, I hope that I see you. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to see my sister go through it. You know, every time she was pregnant and he would be deployed, she would come and live with us and my family, you know, and she's a little bit older than I. So I would see that I would see her go through it um, in, in that struggle. So it definitely puts me in my place. As lifelong learners and also big fans of ordering wine in other languages, Misha and I tried to learn as much Italian as possible before our writing trip this year. Now we're studying Portuguese too, and are so excited to partner with Babbel.com Language for Life to offer 55% off subscriptions to our listeners. As band wives and women who honestly can't sit still, we're loving their online classes and app-based lessons for learning on the road and on the go. They also have podcasts and games. And if you listen to our podcast, you know we can't get enough of those. We're hooking you up with discounted memberships so that you can learn to order Vino Tinto anywhere in the world. Visit bandwivespod.com backslash babble to sign up today. Well, I hope it continues to be easy for you. I feel like every day is a new day. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're living through, I'm sure, like, the getting back into your life in general, like everybody else. And I don't know, it's been like kind of overwhelming this year, just being like, oh, we're back, I guess. Fully. Yes, it is. I, I know exactly what you mean. It's like work is back to full swing. Yeah. Um, Double Driver just announced a second leg of their tour. So he's going to be gone again in like October, which this last tour, I went on a lot of different dates. And this time around, I'm like, well, I'll go to your two LA shows and I might meet you in New York. 
do you like traveling or you're kind of like in that way I guess I yeah I I love traveling I'm not fond of I know a lot of women are like I love riding in the bus I love sleeping in the bus I can't fucking do it I'm in my little cubby and I shut my curtain and it's like shaking and rumbling. I'm like, where's the driver? Is the driver going to drive off a cliff? Like I, I just am not used to it. And I've, I've actually slept in a tour bus before. Um, I have friends in the industry and friends who play in bands, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what it is. So I, I'm just like, dude, if I can do it where I spend the least amount of time sleeping on the bus, I'll do it. And he's like, all right. <laughs> We have people in the band who are still terrified. Yeah. Okay. Well, aside from being terrified of the tour bus, this is a big one. So I'll say it very dramatically. Um, (laughs) What do you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe? What I know to be true about myself, I've actually discovered within the last 10 years, I would say, um, I can pretty much will myself to do anything. So in in this, in this case, you know, people always say, just don't give a fuck about this or that. Like, just don't pay attention. Like I've literally willed myself into actually embracing the whole concept of give no fucks. Um, And I don't know if that's come with age or like experiences, but I just have such a different perspective on life uh, in the last 10 years like I did my 20s were a little bit crazy and my 30s were just really like growth and building especially with 30 miles north and scaling it and making sure that everything's set but I just feel with like so much information and technology and everything coming at you I think it is a grand source of anxiety and just like it's it's just it's just unnecessary buzz around you at all times that like I literally like, it was hard for me to do at first. And then I willed myself to just be like, you cannot care about what anybody thinks and you have to set your path and fucking do it. And, and I guess that what I'm trying to say with that is like, I have these two worlds. I have like a very, you know, the PR world and the the tech world. And I've lived my life so long, you know, being 42, I've lived my life so long as so long, just being this professional and getting things done. And I met Mike and like, he really brings out the music and like this other, this other part of me that I've always had, but I've always had to hide it in the past. Don't get me wrong. Like we would take meetings when I had my office in Venice, like me and my staff would take meetings and we'd skate to me. Like we would skate to the Snapchat offices, which is different. But for this, for this moment, I think I'm finally like, I don't care if I want to go and enjoy this and, you know, this uh, type of music that some people in my professional world might not understand. So be it, you know, and and that's just like one example. Um, So that's, that's kind of like what I found true about myself is like, I'm really good at just like being stoic about things just like, all right, if you don't like it, it doesn't make me not like you, but I just, I don't really care. (laughs) I'm going to move on. It's such an important realization. And I, I turned 40 this year as well, like a couple months ago. And I, I feel like the hype around like, Oh, whatever you, I never really felt any of that because you have 
all of this confidence and um, sort of like the life knowledge married to that, that nobody can break you down. Nobody can take anything away from you. And it's really rewarding when you embrace it and just like fuck off yes. to, to yes. everybody that doesn't want to be a part of that. Yes. I feel like I've, I've kind of, I've always had a little bit of that sensibility, but I feel like in my twenties and thirties, I never, I always like would say things like, Oh, I, I don't care. But I never really, like, I only like halfway felt it. Like now yeah. I'm like, I'm really into it. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. and of course, like, it's not like in a mean way where I'm going to be mean. It's not like that, but you, you ladies know what I mean. You just, yeah. you, you hit that age where you're just like, all right. And so that's what I know about myself right now that I, I, I have this like sense of like purpose to make sure that like my man is happy and taking care of it. My family, my extended, I don't have children. So like my extended family is taken care of and, you know, good. And it's just, just a different, I, I never thought I would really embrace that in the past. Like if you told me like 15 years ago, I would be like, no, <laughs> So that's it's a so what's the sec so the second part is what do I know true about myself now and then what was the next part of it? What do you know to be true about the world and the universe? What do I know true about the world and the universe? Is that I do truly feel like the world with time, like take chances, fuck up a little. You know what I mean? Like people are so strapped into like, I don't want to stray out of what I'm currently doing because I might mess up or I might fail. But what I know true about the world is that the world ends up forgetting or forgiving. It doesn't matter what it is like the world. And that I, that also is like part of my PR too. Just like, you know, you, there's whether it's absolutely heinous and horrible or something little in your personal life, like people with time will forgive and forget and move on. So take those chances, do the thing that you want to do. That's just what I know is true is that time does really heal it all, I guess, <laughs> to be super funny about it. No, that's so inspiring. And actually, when you were talking about what you know to be true about yourself, I was thinking, honestly, you learn that from putting yourself out there. And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail. And either way, you just keep going. And I feel like that was like what I was connecting with the first one. And then you kind of said it in this one and, and it seems to ring true. And Chandra and, and I are both writers, but she's putting out her own poetry book. And so before she was talking about how nervous she is, you know, to kind of, you know, you have to put yourself out there. You're maybe a little nervous, but, and maybe like shy to do it. But yeah. I think that's why one PR is so important, yeah. but two, you learn through that. Like you just have to do it either regardless of the outcome and you're just going to keep taking steps forward. And that's, yeah, it's a diversify. So I had this great advisor. I have a series of advisors that, you know, I, I always speak to wonderful men and, and women. And there's this one advisor that I had, and he, he was like, you need to diversify, you know, cause there's a, there's a big difference between like just being comfortable with your financial situation and then like moving on to that next level. And running a PR agency is one thing, but like, he's like, diversify what you do. And I kind of took that as like, I'm not going to diversify so much in like different companies, although I do, but like just within what I do, when he said that to me, that's when I started finally letting people know, like I could do the music PR. Mm -hmm. Like, that's when I was like, I've, I've been like sitting in the background and not having it as an offering for years. 
And I know that I have all the contacts. I have the strategy behind. I have the experience. And like when I worked with Rock to Recovery and so I finally like put it out there and sure enough, it just started coming, flowing right back yeah. in. So sometimes you just have to take that chance. And that was another thing where like in my industry, you know, you have these giant agencies that, you know, you have like people that rep restaurants and you have people that do travel and you have people that do tech and entertainment. And it's almost like one of those things where, how can I explain this? Like, it's not often that you see PR people slide into different verticals. They usually like have their lane and they stay in it. Well, I'm not going to stay in my lane. I'm going to go where the hell I want to go kind of a thing. It's amazing. And it's a great time for it because like the rules that used to exist don't anymore. You know, we have, we have so many more tools to reach people in different ways and like to jump into the marketing world. And I mean, you're obviously really good at what you do and I don't think you have to be limited in any way. Yeah. Thank goodness for, you know, technology, for digital, for the internet, because that's when, you know, when I first started the iPhone was super young. It was at its infancy and mobile apps started getting created and created. And that's when I jumped into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I've been, I've seen the transition and, you know, obviously uh, the internet plays a huge role in be able, being able to diversify a little bit better than like 20, 30 years ago. Well, and people aren't one way, you know, that's not to take it back to the poetry book, but that's kind of how I ended up in this position is because I write sci-fi. I write comic books and that's amazing. Yeah. Which is great. It's, but it's a completely different lane. And so after like so many publishers are like, Oh, well, we think it's good, but like who reads sci-fi and poetry as if we're all these one dimensional. Yeah. Congrats on that. That's amazing. I just decided we were going to do it ourselves. So we were like, let's create a small, you know, an imprint and, and just see what happens because I don't believe that that's the case. And I know that there's a market for it. And even if it takes time, we have time. Yeah. Nothing but time. Yep. Good job though. That's, that's awesome that you discovered another path. Open branches, right? You're branching out like a tree. Yeah. You're doing what you love. It doesn't matter. And there's not like a linear trajectory. Um, we still need to hear about the universe. Yeah. Still, uh, oh, I want to know. Um, well, aside from me believing there's aliens out there, okay. <laughs> um, what do I know to be true about the universe? Uh, Did you see that alien thing in Vegas? Quick side. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a video, Misha. You don't want to watch it because it's scary. But oh, I now I do. The police are like <laughs> no, talking to somebody, and there's like a a UFO that like falls. What appears to be well, I guess it's still a UFO, even if you don't think it's alien related. But yeah. it's like a lighted thing that clearly like falls and crashes in the distance. And then what is it? Ten minutes later, this family call nine one one about aliens. Literal. They're like there's creatures in the backyard and it just happens to like overlap with this other police camera. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is very interesting. I mean, part of me, so there's a, there's an air force base in, in Vegas. I believe it's Travis, the Travis air force base. My, my sister and her husband were stationed there for the, you know, their first place was stationed there. So when I first saw that, I was like, that has to be the air force base that, are working on something new but then I saw that there were actual beings and mm-hmm. I'm just like what the hell um yeah I I'll admit it I believe there's aliens out there and I feel like that's yeah. true with the universe but if you want to get really introspective about it what do I know <laughs> to, 
it's true about the universe is um I think karma is real too. I feel like if you put out good, you'll receive good. If you put out shitty, you're going to receive shitty. And if you keep on doing what you keep on doing, you're going to keep on getting what you keep on getting. Absolutely. That seems like there's no way to deny the truth of that. Right? Seems true to me. Yeah. Yeah, Facts. (laughs) Truth. With the capital T. Yeah, I agree. I I love that kind of maternal return. Is that what they is that what the someone says is that, that a thing that sounded it's very intelligent but I don't yeah. know what that is it is I I think you made that up no <laughs> you guys you. I learned about it on love is blind Brazil because the... <laughs> come on Misha will you. quote like Buddhist books and and literature from the 1700s like her memory is a steel trap and this particularly insightful one came from love is blind <laughs> you know I love Brazil because they have like a lot of really interesting, beautiful religions and, and spiritism and and really cool stuff that I find fascinating. And so the, the people, the culture is just much, I find it to be much more like introspectively spiritual Mm -hmm. and then, than the United States. And so I actually just a cast member said eternal return. And I think it's a phrase. I think it's like a thing, but it's like the idea of karma. That is super pretty. I love that. That is. Well, yeah. So moving on to love is blind <laughs> and other another related question. Um, what these are like kind of the ideas are rapid fire questions. And okay. so it's related to potentially what you're binging on Netflix. But what are you binge watching, reading or listening to right now? Um, OK, this one's kind of funny. So Mike and I, we have these we have a routine. We're very regimented and like routine folks. And you have children, so I'm sure you guys are the same, but, you know, we'll wind down in bed at night and, you know, watch our shows. And we started watching Frasier. Remember that old show? (laughs) Oh, I watched it growing up. Okay. So the reason why we started watching it is because we were in the butt, like our bunks were across from each other and we were like against the wall where sharing the wall with the back lounge and Des and Stasia were in the back lounge one night. Uh, watching Frasier and they had like the door cracked a little bit and I could just hear them busting up laughing and I like opened my little thing up and I looked in there I'm like what the hell are you guys watching they're like it's Frasier so it was like at the end of the tour and so when Mike and I came back home I was like we have to watch Frasier that sounded hysterical and I had you know I'd only watched a few episodes when I was a kid and so we are binge watching Frasier every night. Like we'll watch like three episodes before we go to sleep. And it's hilarious. If you guys haven't seen it in a long time, I really recommend watching it. It's really funny. And aside from that, uh, when like I'm cooking or, you know, working out or, you know, cleaning or whatever, I hardcore listen to Joe Rogan. Like I absolutely love his podcast. Uh, So I'll listen to almost all of them maybe except for like when he has the MMA people on. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also really big on learning things on YouTube, which I'm sure a lot of people are, but um, that's the reason why my supplement stack is so freaking crazy. What are your go-tos at the moment? I need to know. They don't really change often. I, when I give Mike the same stuff, the same thing that I take, he gets every night and every morning and he's a half-assed vegan. You know, he, yeah. I only cook vegan at home, but if you really wanted meat, I'll make it for him too. I'm not like one of those kind of vegans, but yeah, Chandra um, and I yeah. are, I'm the yeah. worst vegetarian. Yeah, me too. Like <laughs> a little better than me, but yeah, you're a lot better so, than me. Yeah. 
I get I get asked often what my stack is, so I actually have it written down with links. So I'll have to send you that. Yeah, look into it. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you. And I want to say that it's not like people are like, oh, is it for like anti aging? You're like, no, it's for longevity on a molecular and cellular level from the inside out. Um, A lot of it does benefit your skin, but that's not why I do it. You Mm -hmm. know, and and I I want to I always tell people like I want to live longer, healthier. Like, I don't want to be in my eighties and be dependent on other people. Like, I just want to live healthier for longer. Right. Totally. That's why I do it. And great skin is a result of good nutrition. Yeah. And it's definitely an added, an added bonus. I was going to say that I'm like, even if it's not your purpose, it is working anyway. So you look amazing. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. Your skin is glowing. Thank you. I like I pack on the sunscreen. I look like a crazy person sometimes. I don't care. We were, we were at Sick New World, Mike and I in Vegas. And I was like, I don't care if I look heinous right now. I'm just going to pack on all the sunscreen. I don't <laughs> care what I look like because it's not worth, you know, it's not, it's just not worth getting, you know, not just skin cancer, but getting those yeah. lines and wrinkles. So, no, it's skin cancer are so scary. And the more that we know now, it's like, let's. Yeah. Especially since An- Anastasia Dez's wife had that scare with skin cancer. She's like, oh, it hit too close to home. Yeah. I know the sun is healthy, but I just kind of consider myself a sun vampire at this point. I just am <laughs> like, I've had enough. I, I feel like I do yeah. take my walks every day. And so I get out, but otherwise I just really try to cover up. Or yeah. 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 I don't try to avoid the sun. I love being outdoors. Yeah. I mean, I'm from up North and I, yeah. So it's not quite like I'm in Southern California. I don't love the heat, but I do love the sun. I'll do the tops of my hands and my neck and Mm. toodle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was a great side note. We have a really important one that I think we should really focus on right now. Okay. Um, and because you're talking about your interest in music and you're jumping into that world and your soulmate is a musician, I feel like you have your finger on the pulse of what your theme song would be. <laughs> I was cracking up at this because I, so they're probably not, it's probably not an expected answer, but I have two of them and they're broken up by parts of the day so <laughs> from like nine to five it's like it's like the imperial march you know <laughs> that's you know i'm at work and wow. you know that's that's like my thing nine to five imperial march monday through friday all other days and all other hours i truly feel like it's entrance of the gladiator do you know that song i don't think so oh my god it's like that circus song <laughs> I, I I wanted. Can to, you I, sing can, it? Can you hum it? Was, it? Give it, us a that, yeah. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I, <laughs> you guys are so funny. Um, <laughs> we never lose the chance to get people to sing on here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. It's coming. Can you hear it? No, it's not. not yeah. Oh, your headphones, maybe your speaker. Oh, it's not coming through. No. Oh yes. <laughs> See, we did get you to sing. Uh, <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> this was all a very long trap. I know. I know. I know that it's not expected, but like, it's just, it's so funny that. because no, it's, it just yeah. is life, right? 
Oh my gosh. It's perfect. I'm actually going to adopt that one for my, actually. Yeah. I thought my husband heard that. He'd be like, for me, he'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm just running around. Like yeah. I always tell Mike, you know, I'm like, we're, we always fiddle fart around. Like we're like, okay, let's get to bed early. You know, let's get to bed at nine. And you know, we end up getting shit done all over the house at all moments. And I, you know, I'm sure you guys are like this too, where it's like, we want to get in bed at nine. You don't get to bed at 11 because you fiddle far around. That's what I tell him. Like he's in his shop, fixing something, working on something. I'm like organizing something or we're both cleaning shit. Like we're both clean freaks. And that's why, and then you have the dog and the cat and all, you know, that's why I just think that song was perfect. And you knew it. The fact that you were like, listen, (laughs) <laughs> no hesitation <laughs> these That's are my yeah I didn't ever know the name of it but as soon as you sang right I mean that... they're not my favorite song if you ask me like what is your favorite song or what band or what album that's definitely not it I don't listen to that music but if you're putting a theme <laughs> song to my life that's gonna like follow me around that that would be it <laughs> okay we, we're on to our final last question and you've had some experience with this now. So you can let us know one small thing or guilty pleasure that you look forward to when Mike is on the road. I expressed this to him when he was, when I came back home and he was gone. And I said, I go, okay, so first of all, I, it brings me so much joy to cook for this man. I, I think it's like being raised by my mama, my mom, my family growing up, very traditional. My mom is a Mexican woman. She does all the cooking, you know, she's, serves my dad and the whole nine yards and I just kind of adapted it I just I do that now you know my he'll literally like sit at the dinner table at like seven and I'll just be cooking and I'll bring him his dinner and I absolutely love it I love watching him eat my food I don't know what it is I love to cook so cooking for me is how I unwind for my day and I go all out I I just love it however when he left I told him like I'm I'm actually happy that I don't have to cook a damn dinner right now. So that's like (laughs) one of my guilty pleasures. And he knows how much I love it. I'm like, I'm actually happy to be taking a break from cooking dinner. It's not like I don't like to do it for you. It's just that, you know, I got a couple weeks off and I get to have my dog and my cat in the bed with me while you're gone, (laughs) which he's like, no dog or cat. Like she'll come and sleep. Like she'll come and hang out at the foot of the bed while we're watching our TV. And then, you know, we, we kick her off, but while he was gone, she was, Moki was in his spot, you know, and she's a 78 pound pit bull and I have Ziggy, my little cat. So that was, that's definitely uh, a liberty that I took while he was gone. Yeah. That sounds amazing. We've had a lot of guests on where they say, you know, maybe their, their husband or their partner doesn't even ask them to cook every night or doesn't even expect it, but they still feel this pressure or they do, you know, kind of just, they want to. And then when they're gone for some reason, even though it's not really the expectation all the time, it's just like this way to unplug. Oh, so it wasn't an original answer. (laughs) (laughs) It was not a lot of cooks on the show, you know, (laughs) but some and meal planners for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. Having this show has been so eye-opening for me because I thought I was alone <laughs> so much, or there was so much that I had never even vocalized that I've heard vocalized for the first mm-hmm. time. And I'm like, I do do that. Or I do totally understand that, but it was just like, not something yeah. I ever talked to a band wife before. About. We'll see after his next, let's see after like a couple years, <laughs> what I say, like I'm yeah. new. <laughs> 
Like I, even though we've been together for four years, I still feel like I'm new because I just experienced one yeah. short tour. So we'll see. I come back yeah. and be like, well, let me tell you this list of <laughs> shit. That... <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, who do we have on? Oh, we had when we had Barb and. Oh, yeah. They were going on <laughs> 30, 38 years. Oh, I love those two. They oh, came my to God. my Bernie Taupin opening. Oh, and oh a, that makes me double sad. We couldn't have been there. Here's a quick fun fact. I've actually known Daniela since her since she owned when she owned Frankie B when I before I started 30 miles north I worked in house at a fashion retailer fashion company called Planet Funk and they carried her denim small world yeah and so I worked with her and her team back way back then so I've known her for for years they're amazing I mean yeah like yeah. we, we need to so all get together yeah I that would be so fun the next gallery Come do it in New York, the same show in New York. I might. We'll see. <laughs> Either that or we can have like a band wives gala. You know, we just all show yes. up. You were the missing link. Yes. This is, yeah, we want it. We wanted to get together. We yeah. needed a publicist just to go. get our get everybody together. Well, now you know one. I, <laughs> Surprise, I, I'll it's you. you up. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. I love that. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, this was so much fun. I really appreciate the time and the authenticity and honesty and all the things. Good advice. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much. I just love what you're doing and pro to the T take it from a PR person who's dealt with other podcasts. You ladies are doing it well. And if there's anything you guys ever need, always into supporting other women and what their endeavors are. So please just, you have my information. You are a dream. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be emailing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, go out. for it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.